you're gonna flip. Oh no. It's not a thing. I really don't think it's a thing. I'm gonna right? flip this table a la Teresa Judice in you're season gonna fl- one of Real Housewives. Yeah, you're going you are I like <laughs> Nikki, I I have to be adamant about it because it's feel not like real. There's other factors. I really don't believe this is a thing. I okay. don't believe this is a thing. Okay, Ellie, do you believe this is a thing? No. <laughs> For the record, I think Ellie is a little unsure about if this is a thing. It's not a thing. <laughs> um. Okay. So because there there's other factors in the sense that like my apartment totally had black mold in it. Like, oh, yeah. So I, and, like, I was having, like, vitamin D deficiency problems, and so Wait, I... Wait, are you sure you weren't in Oregon? Yes. Because <laughs> that's literally... Uh, <laughs> but, like, honestly, like, I have to say that there must be other factors, but there were certain times, right? Because, like, I, I do this a lot sometimes when I panic as well, where I'll, like, wake up and I'll see something, but it's not there. Right. But um, and like for I don't know if I was in a panic mode or if it's the mold or if it's the vitamin D deficiency or if it was all real. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I did wake up and see a dark shadow. Like a shadow person? <laughs> you saw a shadow person. I don't think it's a shadow person. You left this out of our shadow people <laughs> I episode? I only just realized this until you told me, oh, I have stuff at my place. And I was like thinking, do I have stuff at my place? Yeah. It might have been. It might have also been the black mold that was messing up my brain or my lungs or something, giving me fucking cancer or something like that. It also might have been the vitamin D deficiency. But I remember waking up and opening my eyes and seeing a thing right above me that was dark, and then I flipped out and hit the switch, and when I hit the switch, it went away, right? But also, I wasn't, like, knowledgeable about what shadow people were back then. Yeah. Because, like, shadow people... I, also, it's like, I have... I like the stories, but I have a hard time believing in the shadow people thing. Okay. I have to be honest about that. <laughs> because, like, it just sometimes I'm like, oh, there's other factors for it, you know? Uh-huh. But, yeah, so that's I, that's my only thing that was in my Korea experience. Ellie the skeptic and Nikki the believer. <laughs> I know. This is why it works. <laughs> Hello? Welcome. This is Please. the two cities. Belief in the supernatural. Where does it begin? We're both fascinated with the paranormal and unexplained, obviously. But is it because of where we come from? Who we've grown to be? We've told stories about other people's houses before, but this time we're going to talk about where we grew up, the spaces that crafted what we believe to be normal. We'll share peculiar stories from the places that we've called home. Who wants to go first? It doesn't matter. You go first. No, and do you want me to go first since I wrote stuff down? Sure. Okay, I'll go first. All right, so I'm going to start off with the history of the house, right? So 
it, the house, um, like, the I, like, grow up, ugh, my neighborhood's called Hollywood Grove area now. It's actually officially called that. Oh. Um, because, like, the area that my house is in is, like, it used to be just orange groves. Like, that's, it used to just solely be orange groves and farming and whatnot. My neighbor, I guess, found, like, an old milk bottle from, like, the 1800s or something like that. So I think there was a cow that used to, like, chill around. Um, At least one cow. Just one cow. Um, <laughs> Good old Bessie. And, like, on the top, there, like, my house kind of, like, goes up a hill a bit and like near the top not at the top but near is like this really intense old house which like everyone suspects was like the first house on that block or in that whole area and it's like I used to be the farming house or whatever it's like basically what you would expect like the house from Beetlejuice to look like right it's very like why have old. I never seen this house I, I don't know like we have to, have to point to, it out to yeah me. I'll you know <laughs> Um, so it's like, yeah, so it's a pretty old neighborhood. Um, like, uh, my school, which is like two blocks away was, um, built around like, I think 1906 and it was built by Spanish nuns and it was basically that house on my block and the Spanish nuns. And that was pretty much it. Right. Um, my house was built in 1919 and, um, I th suspect there was another owner, um, just because the 1944 census or 34 census came out and there's a whole block on like Los Feliz archives. Right. And, um, basically, uh, my house was like owned by a woman named like Sylvia. Right. And I like did some deep dive digging. Mm. Right. I was like very into it. And, um, there's, like, a Los Angeles Times article from, like, the 30s that said that there was a woman... That, like, a, a woman with the same name was getting a divorce from her husband, right? And um, he was, like, I guess a dentist or a lawyer or something like that. And so it's interesting because, like, if you look at... Um, like where, uh, the census of when the Great Depression was, all of the other houses were like rental houses, and like you know, so there's like five families mm -hmm. in like one house, and uh, my house is the only house where it was just her, right? So I think she was able to survive a bit and like live a very comfortable life. Mm -hmm. So the guy that used to own the house before us, right? Um, he died in the house, right? He, Ugh. yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, and the so like the thing is, his house. He didn't have any like kids, right? Um, so the house went to his niece, who basically was like, "Fuck this! I don't want this fucking house." Like, I want, why? I know because it, your house is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and also listeners, if you don't know, like my neighborhood is like a very wealthy neighborhood, right? It's very like it's coveted, like, yeah, coveted land in Los Angeles, especially because the houses are, like, original houses. Especially in the 90s. This was the early 90s. Like, this was still a very expensive, like, neighborhood. And, but the niece really didn't want anything to do with it because the house didn't need, like, a lot of repair, right? Um, so my parents got the house for a cheap price, <laughs> right? They were, they were, like, literally the only, like, I think they were the only ones that, like, offered 
the basic amount that she wanted and we're like please and she was like yeah fuck it here you go you know y'all seem nice yeah and and like it like I said like it was it needed a lot of repairs so especially at the point where like my parents walked in his stuff was still there Right? All of his stuff. Like, the walls were covered in, like, black smoke because he was a big smoker. Right? So they had to, like, scrub. stains on the walls. Yeah. Yeah. So they had to scrub the walls. And, like, literally they had to, like, sell his stuff at, like, at certain places. And, like, the best part is, like, accidentally my parents sold um, an actual uh, Tiffany's lamp that he had because they didn't realize it was a Tiffany's lamp until later on Mm. and they like my dad tells me it was like one of the ugliest lamps he's ever seen in his whole life right like the ugliest things well yeah (laughs) right but he was like kicking himself because it's probably worth like fifty to sixty thousand dollars down you know so right um cool yeah right so um uh, so, like, but I, I, we moved in when I was around two years old, right? And I think after that, like, when maybe from, like, three onwards, I, I, like, grew up really sick, right? I had a lot of, um, strep throat issues, and I just kept, <laughs> I kept... Throw me too? Yeah! <laughs> and I kept getting, like, the flu all the time. Like, literally, if someone was sick, I was the next one to catch it, right? And because of that, I was put on a lot of medication because, like, I was sick all the fucking time, right? <laughs> and I... Personally, I believe that I this is the reason why I had so many nightmares when I was a kid and like very vicious nightmares, not like just like, oh, like a boogeyman's coming to get me. Like I would watch, let's say, the Rugrats and the next shot would be or not the next shot that my nightmare that night would be that Chucky was trying to kill me. Right. <laughs> you know, and uh, I got stabbed several times by Chucky or was his name Chucky? The little doll guy? The Not the doll, but the guy from the Rugrats. The little weird kid from the Rugrats. The red-headed one. Yeah. Chucky? Yeah. Like yeah. the doll. Yeah. Like the creepy doll that also was a redhead. Yeah, but yeah. mostly the Rugrats one. It was just the Rugrats. The Rugrats. Like, I, I didn't see Chucky when I was a kid, so, right? I only saw the Rugrats. But... So Chucky Finster was the one. Yeah, Finster was, tried to kill me. glasses. Yeah, that kid. Right, With yeah. Like, you know, probably asthma. Yeah. He was always like... <gasps> but he carried a knife in the dream, right? Um, but, so, I just... I haven't told Nikki this, but... Um, oh, boy. Yeah, this is, like, probably... I, I just thought it adds a lot to the weirdness of my house. I'm a little concerned. Um, so, my house uh, is a standard Californian um, uh, craftsman bungalow. Right. So with craftsman bungalows, um, the general aspects of that like building is that you're supposed to like have it one with nature. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our windows in craftsman bungalows are like very open. There's a lot of windows and there's a lot of like open space. Right. So my front windows of my house I wouldn't say lattice, but they're like tiny individual windows. Nikki's seen it. Yeah. It's like a. Hmm. It lattice is like a good explanation because it's like all glass, but you have it broken up into small panels. So yeah, you have like three panels across and like four panels down. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
I had a nightmare and I still remember that nightmare. And it's weird because like I, you know, I asked my dad one time, like, oh, where did that guy die right in the house? And he's like, I don't know. Right. He knew, didn't he? No, I know. He still doesn't know. He's like, I don't want to (laughs) know. Right. (laughs) But this is I just think it's an interesting thing. I don't know if it correlates or anything like that. But when I was about maybe three or four, I had this nightmare where because I used to sleep in the guest bed. I was like, a you know, a baby. So the guest room is very tiny and it was good for a baby. <laughs> right. And I had a dream where I woke up in my room and I was hearing Ellie, Ellie. El- uh, no, it wasn't Ellie because my name went as Eleanor. So it was Eleanor, Eleanor. Eleanor, come here. Eleanor, come, right? So as a three or four-year-old, you're always obedient. So you get out of bed and you walk down the hall. I walk down the hallway into um, basically what is now my room, right? And in there, in every single panel of window was a face. Every single one, right? And it was like beckoning me, like, Eleanor, come here. Eleanor. Were they like t- talking to you? Yeah. Like all of the mouths were moving. All of them. Were, yeah, but, but they, they were, were all different faces. Different faces, and it was also like at different, like you know, it wasn't different all. Times. Yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't like, like a chorus of them. No, it was just all of them talking. But there was one I remember in the left upper left hand corner that really scared me. Right. He had a very scary face and it was just that one was the one that I was focusing my and like my everything on. Right. And it was like they were just kind of trying to beckon me. But like, you know, it was I was staying where I was, which was at like the um, the doorway because I, I just for some reason I wasn't moving. Like I, I was obedient enough to see what was there, but I wasn't obedient enough to actually f- listen all the way. And they started to get very frustrated, right? And they were just kind of being like, Eleanor, come here. Eleanor, Eleanor, come here. Eleanor, right? And they were just getting like, their faces started to morph into like an angry sort of situation. And they were like, basically kind of like, come here, like that sort of thing. And I think once that kind of happened, I was like, I woke up and I was like freaked out, right? Yeah, yeah. And, but then, like, eventually, I think I started to get better, and so the nightmare started to disappear, right? Um, and, like, I've always felt like there was something weird with the house, but, you know, I, I eventually was like, whatever, it's a house. Like, it's not a big deal. But there is a couple situations where I have been, um talking about this with like my dad and like my neighbors weirdly and nowadays it's just gotten a little bit weird again okay so one thing i i talked to my dad about um like i was like oh do you feel like this house is haunted and sometimes he's like well some weird things happen i mean he's a pretty big skeptic like i am so like he'll be like weird things kind of happen but i don't know it might be something else right and he's in his like he explained that uh when he goes to bed at night he hears um like footsteps or like kind of like movement Mm -hmm. in the attic now mind you we don't have an attic you could walk around in. Yeah, no, Los Angeles attics typically are, like, kind of crawl space Yeah, this is a crawl space sort of mm-hmm. thing. But he, he hears, like, footsteps in the attic, right? 
Um, another thing which happened recently, which was weird, <laughs> was that I was sick, so I was in my bed, but, um, like, one morning, uh, literally my dad goes, oh, the house is haunted. <laughs> and I was like, what? What do you mean? And he goes, well, the TV keeps turning on. Literally. Just on its own? Yeah, and it would be like, the TV turns on, and then Apple TV turns on, and then something plays, and then something stops, and then it turns off, and then it was doing... All on its own. All on its own. All on its own. And we, so it happened till about, I would say, 11, because I went into the living room to, like, just chill, because I was sick and, like, you know. And then I think, honestly... I think I texted you, the house is haunted because the TVs keep turning on. Oh, yeah, you did. Right? And then it stopped. <laughs> it stopped. It never did it again. You acknowledged it. it I acknowledged it, so I was like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> right? That's so weird. Weird, right? And then, so here's, um, here are the two creepiest stories. Oh, boy. <laughs> right? Buckle in. So, um, I was talking to my neighbor about like how the how just weird situations happening. Oh no, I wasn't. I was talking to him about the podcast. Are you lying to our listeners right now? You're just no, bold face lying. I was talking to him about the podcast. Okay, and he goes, "Oh, so have you been experiencing weird things?" And I'm like, "Oh, just occasional weird things." Which is the next story would be the occasional weird thing. <laughs> but he was telling me. Um, about when he's literally my next door neighbor, literally my next door um, neighbor. <laughs> and he was telling me uh, that one time he came home around 3 a.m. Okay. Right. Um, he was uh, he, he's a professor at UCLA. So he was I think he had some dissertation or speak thing or whatever something fancy and smart nikki knows <laughs> right um and he came home and he went to his office which is connected to the back porch right and he like was doing something like picking up a book or something and he looks in the back porch and he sees a man standing there in world war one regalia right and he's like, there's a crazy fucker yeah, <laughs> in the like backyard. That. So he turns to go get the phone and he calls 911 and he's like, hi, there's someone in my backyard. And when he looks back at the porch, there's no one there. Did the cops come? No. Well, basically, he's like, I think the guy left. And he, but basically it was, he said it was the weirdest thing. So he like looked for the guy and he wasn't there. Yeah, he wasn't there. And no one ever found anyone. Yeah. Also think about it. World War One regalia. Like if you're a crazy person, I don't think you go to like the costume store and like spend $400, you know, but here's the icing on the cake for that story. Right. My mom was doing, it was gardening in the backyard and there's a wall that separates my neighbor's house and my house. And she was gardening there. She found a coin from World War, like around World War One. It was a French coin, right? It was from 1914. Jesus. So I don't know what that, what the fuck that is. He was coming back for his coin. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Buried. Yeah. Um, and then this is my story. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, I... 
went to bed. I was sleeping. And um, I, like, I was sleeping on my back, I think, because I started feeling breath on my ear. And I just, <gasps> and I'm going to try to get close on this, but I basically hear, wake up. In a man's voice. Okay. A deep man's voice. American man's voice. It wasn't my dad. No. (laughs) Howard has a very... Yeah, dad likes to wake me up at 3 a.m. Be like, wake up. (laughs) But it was a very assertive male's voice that literally went, wake up. But I felt breath. That was the thing. I felt breath on my ear, like a sort of thing. Yeah. And woke up was feeling a bit anxious <laughs> to say the least so like literally I felt like my heart beat and then I just kind of looked around and took a couple of breaths I was a bit anxious I was my heart was racing really fast and then once I calmed down I just I felt like it's okay to go back to sleep but mm-hmm. honestly it was pretty fucking weird you know mm-hmm. and those are my stories <laughs> And now, a word from our sponsors. We all come here for one major thing. We love the paranormal. Whether ghosts whispering in your ear, or alien lights blinding you from above. We always like to question and explore the unanswerable. That's why Parabox Monthly is a fantastic service to satisfy those thirsts. Wonderful. Parabox Monthly is a subscription box service that sends you a paranormal puzzle with every box. Every month, they ship out a strange and unique paranormal-themed shirt, which contains hidden clues for you to solve their riddle. If you're skilled enough to find the end of their hunt, you'll be entered into a drive for additional merchandise. Attention. To help carry on our important work, I want you to join the Secret Squadron. If you wanted to experience the escape room next to Bigfoot, this is the company to do it. Their paranormal themes have included ghosts and haunted locations, UFO encounters and aliens, folklore and legends, cryptozoology and urban legends. Oh, well, well, you look. I never seen the like. Never did. Also, if you're worried that you'll be stuck in a contract system that would never let you out, <coughs> don't worry. You could cancel any time. So, for paranormal or supernatural fun, go to www.paraboxmonthly.com and use our code Two Cities at the checkout box. Two Cities, one word, to get 10% off your first box. That's Two Cities in the checkout box for 10% off. Golly, Chief, I hadn't opened up the box yet. But I'm going to now. Enjoy your search. Obviously, we love stories. So it's no surprise that we're bibliophiles. We love books, we collect them, and that's why we're so excited to tell you about Bookishly. Bookishly.com has a range of things for book lovers, including monthly subscriptions from teaandbookclub.com. You can choose between tea or coffee and either a vintage book or a new copy of a classic book with a design created exclusively by Bookishly. And they truly are beautiful. Bookishly is a real dream come true for anyone who loves books, bringing you a wonderful surprise each month. But don't take my word for it. Check it out at bookishly.com or sign up at teaandbookclub.com. 
Prices start from $18, including shipping from the UK. And for our listeners, the code TOTC will take 10% off your first three payments at tandbookclub.com and 10% off orders on Bookishly. That's code TOTC for both tandbookclub.com and bookishly.com. And now back to the podcast. I'm going to talk a little bit about the house that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in Burbank. Mm -hmm. I was in the same house in the same bedroom for 24 years before I moved to Oregon. And my grandma and grandpa bought the house from the builder. So the, it was built in 1941 by Eber Slat. Mm -hmm. And my grandma and my grandpa lived in Burbank, down the street, in a house that I think my grandma's grandma had owned and, like, rented out because my family, um, like, my great-grandparents and and my great-grandma's parents bought properties in Burbank and, like, rented them, you know, when that was a thing that was doable in Los Angeles without being billionaires. Um, And so they just moved. They wanted to be in the same area, and this house is like, a block and a half from my grandma's house, yeah, which so her parents were living in. That's the same area. <laughs> yeah, so so it was, like, appealing, right? Because the house was closer to her parents, it was still in the same neighborhood, and the house that they had been living in was smaller, and my grandma had my uncle in 1961, mm-hmm. and then my mom didn't come along until 67. Mm-hmm. And so they had, like, you know, a little six, seven-year-old, rambunctious, my uncle was a nightmare child, <laughs> and then she had her second child, and they didn't have space, so they needed a house that was bigger so that the kids could have a bigger bedroom. Mm -hmm. So the house that they moved into, they lived in, my grandma got when my grandma and my grandpa got divorced. So my uncle and my mom grew up there their whole lives. My mom moved out for a little bit when she was um, like in her late teens, early twenties, but then moved back in when she was pregnant with me. And Mm -hmm. my uncle and my mom lived in that house for a while without my grandma. And then my grandma ended up moving back in when I was a kid. So for the majority of my life, there was like three to four people living in this two bedroom house. Yeah. And it's a craftsman home, not a bungalow, but also had like a back porch area, you know, to be connected with nature, those Mm -hmm. kind of things. All of the, like, eccentric parts of Craftsman Homes where it's like, we had this weird archway. You have an archway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We had, like, our hallway was very angular. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it, like, had this weird curve and bookshelf that was built in. And um, so, I mean, I love the house because I grew up there and there's, like, so many weird things about it that I thought were interesting. But I also always felt like there was something else there. Mm -hmm. And when I was really young... I was very attached to my mom. Like, I was an only child. My dad wasn't around. Mm. I just was, like, super introverted, didn't like other kids. Me! (laughs) We were the same child. (laughs) I was a very, very sick infant. They thought I had cystic fibrosis, but it turned out that I just had, like, really bad bronchitis. But I had to be on, like, breathing machines. I got ear infections all the time. Mm -hmm. I was on a bunch of, like, antibiotics all the time. I got strep throat and scarlet fever at the same time. Um, So, you know, I also had those weird, like you know, 3 a.m. screaming fits because my ears hurt, had to go to the doctor nights where it was, like, really stressful. But I didn't have weird dreams. Mm -hmm. Um, I always had... So our kitchen was, like, a hallway, Mm -hmm. right? So it was, like, our living room, and on the other side of the living room wall was kitchen, and the kitchen was just long and narrow. Mm -hmm. And I would... You had to go... It's hard to, like, explain this to listeners that can't see what I'm talking about. Our living room and dining room were connected by an archway, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like an L. Mm-hmm. 
and the kitchen was on the other side of the living room. So to go from the dining room into the hallway, you could go through the living room or through the kitchen. And I would often go through the kitchen to cut through because in the living room they would be watching things or whatever, right? I'm a kid. I don't want to be around the adult. (laughs) I want to, you know, probably do something I shouldn't be doing. So I would cut through the kitchen a lot. But the kitchen also was very dark. Because the kitchen was the back wall of the house and the porch was off of the kitchen. There was one window and the other side was a wall. So it wasn't getting a lot of direct light. Like the window for the kitchen didn't actually go to outside. It went to where the porch was. Yeah. So at night especially, there was like zero light. If you didn't turn the lights on, you couldn't see. Hand in front of your face couldn't see if the lights were on. Yeah. And every time I would walk through, I would turn on like the dining room light and then the kitchen light and then the light out in the hall. Like I needed to turn on every light because it freaked me out. And every time I walked through, I had this intense feeling that something else was in there. Mm -hmm. And I knew that there was a knife involved. It didn't feel aggressive because it's a kitchen. That's where the knife should be. But it always felt like there was a person, like, cutting something in the kitchen. And I was always like, oh, and, like, would run through or turn the lights on. Or I would, like, you know, run through the living room and they were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, don't worry about it, like, freaking out. So that was, like, my first, when I was young, my first, like, experience with anything that seemed strange that I was... Because there was things that I had, like, anyone that had listened to the episode we did with my grandma and Mm -hmm. her conversations. Like, obviously, I had experiences when I was a child, but I don't remember them. I don't remember, like, pointing out things that actually weren't there and her being like, ah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, But that, I remember, it was like a visceral reaction. Every time I had to go through, I would get really uncomfortable because there was something there. And I'd turn the light on and see nothing, but still felt like something was there. Um, And, like, through my childhood, I as I got older, was very adamant that, like, ghosts were real and those things were real, even before having, like, a real experience of, like, seeing my great-grandpa. Like, I just felt like ghosts were real. Mm-hmm. And I always told my uncle and my mom, like, they're real, they're real. They always didn't fucking believe me. And especially my grandma moved out when my great-grandma died into my great-grandma's house, mm-hmm. which is where she is currently living. And it was a very weird time because I had grown up in that house for most of my, like, young child. Like, when I was very young, my grandma wasn't there. Mm -hmm. But after being an infant, my grandma had lived with us. Mm -hmm. And it was my uncle, my mom, and my grandma, and they were always there, and that was what I knew as normal. Mm -hmm. So when my grandma moved out, not only had my great-grandma died, and she was my best friend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I was, like, we were, like, besties. Yeah. Um, But she had passed, and that was tough. I got scarlet fever and strep throat that year, and my grandma moved out suddenly because (laughs) family drama. My grandma's sister was a little shady and was, like, taking things out of the house before the living trust had been, like, talked about, before they had gone through things. So my grandma moved in immediately to make sure that that she wasn't selling what she did, family heirlooms and, like, precious things, right? Yeah. So she, like, the next day after my great-grandma died was out of the house. So not only am I losing somebody to death, but I feel like I'm losing my grandma because she doesn't live with us anymore. I remember being, like, four or five Mm -hmm. and waking up and going to my grandma's room at, like, four in the morning and sobbing and she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, what if we move one day and I don't live with you and she was like no one's moving where did this come from I had like you know a four year early premonition Um, calm your shit (laughs) yeah and so that was like semi traumatic for me and I remember at that point coming to this house and feeling things and not negative things it was all positive things and we found my great grandma was kind of a pack rat so um, like there were rooms in the house that were just full of things Mm -hmm. and so we were going through all of this stuff and some of it was really great family heirlooms and great photos and um, like 
random things that she had acquired that were like super cool to like eight-year-old me it's like oh this is from 1960 whoa right because that's like you know four centuries ago to an eight-year-old yeah um and so I started to get like more feelings about things and in those feelings explaining them to like my mom and my uncle they were like whatever you're crazy like those aren't real sure 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 Uh uh-huh like very almost condescending about it where they were like "Uh uh-huh yeah we believe you and as I got... It's how you, like, deal with kids. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, yeah. If it's not scary monsters, you don't have to tell them they're not real. You just tell them sure. It's like you said... Yeah, it's just like, you know, a kid doesn't know. So, yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, And then as I got older, older, like, towards adulthood when I was starting college and stuff, I remember coming home later mm-hmm. and feeling like someone was sitting on the couch in the living room. Mm-hmm. And we had... <coughs> we had a couch that was against the front wall of the house where there's this giant window. Mm-hmm. And we had, you know, this was like 2009, 2010. We still had the like vertical blinds mm-hmm. that, um, you know, if someone hits them, they kind of sway. Yeah. And our house is right in front of a street light. Mm-hmm. So we're on a busy street. There's always like the sounds of cars and the street light is right there. So it's always well lit and there's always noise. Well, I would come home and I would walk in and open the front door and it would like shed light on the living room because all the lights are off. And then I'd close the front door and then the, like the blinds would be swaying, but there's no breeze or reason for them to move. And yeah. I was like, why is there light? You know, like something strange. But I was like, whatever. And I was just told myself, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's an old house and there's just a suction of opening one door. It moves air through the whole yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. And I always told myself that was what it was. And then as... I continue to have this experience and have brushed it off. Then my uncle starts saying, because he was, we had converted the patio into like a bedroom. Mm -hmm. So he would have to walk through, we called it the service porch. It was like where a washer and dryer were. And we had like a pantry Mm -hmm. that was like, you have the kitchen as like the bottom of the T. That was like the top of the T. So from his bedroom, you'd have to go through the top of the T, past the kitchen, and then go into the hallway to go to the bathroom. So he would walk through there, and the living room, you can see as you're walking out of the service porch into the hallway, and he would always, like, avoid looking because he would see light. But he looked one night, and because he had all of these years of me telling him these things, and he started having the experiences, like my grandma had mentioned, of, like, the door flying open or him yeah. getting locked out or seeing orbs, and he was starting to be like, okay, maybe this isn't bullshit. Yeah. And he turned and looked at the couch and he said that the it was like the blinds were moving but they weren't Mm -hmm. there was just this beam of light coming from the window and he can see an old man and an old woman sitting on the couch and he describes them right and he's like oh no he's wearing a suit and he had his pants really high and he was wearing like like it was this color and this is what his face looked like and his, his wife looked like this and he t- finally tells me this, because this is something that he had seen multiple times before actually owning up to it. And he said that every time he saw it, he would run to the bathroom, run back to his room, and pull his covers over his head. Because <laughs> that's where it's safe, right? Under yeah. the covers. So he finally fesses up and, and tells me this. So my immediate reaction is, let's validate this. Who has met the builder of the home? So I call my grandma, mm-hmm. and I'm, he's sitting on the couch, I'm sitting on the couch, I have the phone, and I'm like, can you describe to me what the builder of this home looked like when you met him? Mm-hmm. And she starts, like, description for description, saying exactly what he had said. Uh. And there's no way that he would have known that, yeah. you know? Like, there's no way. And 
it was the creepiest thing. And I, I like, tur- I, this is, you know, the olden days with flip phones. Yeah. So I like flip my phone closed very like satisfyingly <laughs> and then turn to him and I'm like, it was the builder of the house. You're seeing the builder of the house. <laughs> and so. Like, yeah. Problem solved. And I was like, and that's why I keep seeing light. Like, okay, this makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I felt like once that had been described, I, I feel very strongly that the thing that I was feeling in the kitchen was probably the wife like cooking dinner or something, but it freaked me out every time. So that stuff happened and I started to feel better about what was in the house. Cause like you said, it's an old house. Sometimes <laughs> forgetting <laughs> my dog is here and Ellie keeps forgetting and she makes lots of noises. Oh I was like, it's the builder. <laughs> it's not the builder. Um, but you know, I felt more comfortable in the house cause the things that I would hear old houses creak. They just do. Mm-hmm. They settle. In our house, we did have a suction thing where, like, you op- if you open the back door, I would hear the back door getting open because of the way that the air moved through the house. So, like, yeah. the front door would, like, suction a little bit. And, like, it was a craftsman home, so there was, like, all... <laughs> there used to be doors to every single room. Yeah. Because that's how craftsman homes are. Yeah. Is, like... Essentially, if there is a new room, we must put a doorway and a door to close it. Yeah. Um, which is great when you're running air conditioning in the summer, but awful when you have to open the door every three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I need to go back into this room. Yeah. Um, so I was feeling better about all of the energies and stuff in the house. And then that's when I had the experience with my great-grandpa sitting on my bed. Mm-hmm. I was in my bedroom, and I had never felt like anything was in my bedroom. Nothing positive or negative it was just like it's my bedroom yeah and I remember having a hard time falling asleep because I felt like I was just uncomfortable and like tossing and turning a lot and I felt like I wanted to sleep but my brain wouldn't let me Mm -hmm. like I was on alert you know it's like you hear something and then you're like hearts pounding kind of thing but there was nothing that I had heard and I was like why am I like this and I remember like laying on my back and I sleep typically on my stomach so Mm -hmm. I was like I'm gonna lay on my back same (laughs) um actually listeners we're just the same person really good at throwing our voices um so I was laying on my back and my eyes were closed but I had that experience that I often have where I could see my great-grandpa as his younger self like in his late 20s early 30s just sitting there and just smiling but it was, it was, like, comforting mm-hmm. once I, like, realized what it was that I was trying to tune into. Your sense of comfort is so much different than mine. Because if I saw that, I would, like, round But I knew kick. who he was is yeah. the thing. And, okay. like, I was uncomfortable and I couldn't figure out why I was uncomfortable. And then it was like my brain gave me an answer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. It's like when you're looking for something. You're like, oh, there it is. And you're like, okay, now I don't have to look Honestly, anymore. if, like, my great-grandpa or, like, my great-uncle was sitting on the side of my bed, I swear, I would roundhouse kick in the air and kick that dude out <laughs> like I'll be like get the fuck out um but you guys are very close as a family. I never met him so <laughs> I guess I'm just strange but I freak out so, so I recognized that it was him and it was like he was just sitting like on the edge of my bed and he had his like hand like propping himself up and he was just there and I was like all right and I like mentally it was kind of like nice to see you but I want to go to sleep now so stop watching me you know yeah. but Then I looked beyond him. So there was two women in these, like, Victorian corsety dresses, very full dresses with their hair up. And I was like, all right, I don't know who the hell these two are. (laughs) And I, like, mentally was like, you need to leave. I need to go to sleep. 
nice to see you. Bye. And Bye, Felicia. Basically, and I felt very much like he had brought them to, like, be like, look, this is your great, 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 great whatever, right? Yeah. And, like, his family was from Lithuania. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I know that there's a lot of family on that side that left, they left in Lithuania when his parents came to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it's, you know, somewhere down the line, someone. And even if you look at, like, the old photos of his family in Baltimore, you're like, oh, that's very formal. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, you and I are, like, sitting here in T-shirts. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> they were like, oh, we must cook dinner. Let's put on our bustles. And we yeah. were like, what? Yeah. Um, like, take out and so pizza. I, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So I always felt like that was, like, my most intense experience until I decided to start recording my sleep cycles. So I started grad school, and I was like, I should pay attention to my sleep cycles and try to make sure that I'm getting enough sleep. I had a lot of issues my first term because I had, um, I needed glasses really badly, but I have legally 2020 vision but my Mm -hmm. eyes strain really bad Mm -hmm. so I was getting horrible migraines and I couldn't figure it out I went to like six different doctors and one of the things they suggested was like try tracking your sleep cycles to make sure that you're getting enough sleep because that could be causing the headaches yeah so I found this app that records your sleep cycles partially by recording any sound or movement that you make so I have this app set up on an ipad and it was Christmas time, so it's the end of the term. It's winter break. Chase, my boyfriend, is with me. So both of us are sleeping. Mm-hmm. I always sleep next to the side of the bed that it was next to, right? Yeah. Um, and my grandma had just given me this ring mm-hmm. for Christmas, which is the ring that my great-great-grandparents, my great-grandparents, and my grandparents were married with. It's a... S- Solid gold ring, right? It's just a gold band, and it has my (coughs) great-great-grandparents' initials and um, 13, the year that they were married, and then my great-grandparents' initials and believe it was 39. Yeah, 39 when they were married. This was a Christmas present because my grandma gave me a ring that my great-great-grandma had gotten from her first-ever boyfriend. It's like this beautiful jade ring, Mm -hmm. and I wore it all the time. Mm -hmm. But she was like, "It's, it's a very... It's gorgeous, but it's very statement Like, it's yeah. a big ring, right? And she was like, since you wear that one all the time, I figured I'd give you this one. It's more simple. Mm-hmm. And so I had it, mm-hmm. and I used to put all of my jewelry... Um, I wear this ring all the time now. I never take it off, but mm-hmm. I used to put it up. I have, like, a pin board, and I hung the ring on one of my little pins. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the night, the recording... And it's funny, because the recording, I could always tell when it was Chase rolling over or snoring. I don't snore or talk in my sleep so typically if you hear something from me it's like me shuffling around Mm -hmm. and then my dog which depending on how we edit this you may or may not have heard yeah she makes a lot of snorty noises she's She's a a little piggy she's a little nasally and but you can tell you hear her making like noises and you're like that's nika well there's this spike in the middle of the night and i'm like oh what noise is that you know maybe chase said something funny occasionally i'll like scream something because i'm having a dream or whatever yeah so I like go to it and then you, I'm going to try to do this and I don't know how it's going to sound. Oh, I'm like, but I just hear, and I was like, what? And it was fast like that. So I yeah. like, I multiple times was like going back and I'm like, chase, 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 listen, listen. Yeah. And it took us a while, but it sounded very clearly like he was saying, look, like, look at it, look at it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck? And then it just like, it was one of those things where I didn't really think about it. It just kind of like the idea, like magnetized to my brain Mm -hmm. it was just like out of nowhere and I was like 
my great grandparents, he was pointing out that I have the ring now. And like they were they were here to be like, look, she has the ring. That's exciting. Mm. And that was like very it was very strange to me because it came out of nowhere. I wasn't having any I mean, I mean, I always feel like my great grandma's around, but I don't have experiences of her being like, you know, mm-hmm. knocking my water bottle over and like slapping me. <laughs> it's yes. funny, right? You know, like I don't have those kind of experiences. Sometimes I just have a moment where I'm like, she's here. Okay, cool. Yeah. And move on. Yeah. Um, and that was just like one of the most intense to me is just like hearing. Okay. That see, that's the, I I I have thought to do the same thing, and then I was like, I don't want to do. That. Oh, I don't record my sleep anymore because it freaks me out, especially because I live alone. Yeah. But I brought it over to my grandma's house and I yeah. played it for her, and she like started crying. Yeah. Because she was just like, Oh my god, they're happy that you have it. That's good. That's good. And I was yeah. like, You're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, scary. That's scary. But it's she finds comfort in that. Yeah. Um. So those were like my creepy stories from that house. Oh, I didn't tell the... Maybe... I don't remember if I told this in the last episode or not, but if not, I'll tell it again. Yeah. If you've heard this, you can fast forward. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, listen to the whole thing. It'll be great. Um, at one point, Christmas... I feel like I've told the story. I know I've told it to you. I don't know if I've told it on the podcast, but um, Christmas, my grandma would always come over um, after she had moved out. She would come over for presents in the morning and breakfast, and then mm-hmm. she'd go home and, like, shower and, like, feed her dogs and then come back for dinner. Mm-hmm. So she had left. My uncle was out, of course, playing disc golf. He loves disc golf. Um, and he, so he left. He'd gotten discs for Christmas, so, of course, he wanted to use He's a child, but yeah. we love him. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was, like, very excited. So he went out to play disc golf, and my grandma went home, and my mom and I were in the house. And like I said, the living room and the dining room were very open. Mm-hmm. I was on the computer. I probably got, like, iTunes gift cards and was downloading music very excitedly because I am too terrified to illegally download music. And <laughs> Ellie rolled her eyes. <laughs> um, and my mom, like, pops into the archway between the dining room and the kitchen. I mean, dining room and the living room. And she's like, so I'm going to take a shower. Grandma left, right? Is she coming right back or is she going to? I was like, no, she's going to come back later. She's like, okay, then I'm going to lock the front door. Mm-hmm. And we had this big wood front door, but we'd always use the deadbolt. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how we would lock it, lock it. And it was like a heavy metal deadbolt. Typical deadbolt, right? Yeah. And it was very, it was one of the deadbolts where you like, you turn it over and you feel very firmly that it's locked. You know, it like makes the loud noise. And, yeah. And so I hear my mom do it, mm-hmm. right? Because it's dead silent. I'm sitting in the dining room where I can't see the door. Mm-hmm. She locks it and walks into the hallway. So she's just out of view of the door. And both of us hear the, the door pop open. <gasps> no. And it, the house does the suction thing no. where you open the door and it kind of goes like... And you, like, feel it. And I, like, run out to the archway where I can see the door. She pops her head back in from the hallway where she can see the door. And we're both, like, we, like, looked at each other. And our jaws are kind of just open. And I was like, you locked that. She's like, I locked that. I was like, I heard it. She's like, I heard it. And then she was like, I guess great-grandma's here. Yeah. And we just, like, she walked over to the door slowly, unlocked it. Because it was was still locked, like, turned. She unlocked it, closed it, relocked it, went and took her shower. I went back on the computer, and we were just like, okay. Yep. That happened. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So those are my stories for the house that I grew up in, Mm -hmm. in Burbank. And then I'm 24. I moved to Oregon. I only ever lived in the same house. It was a little terrifying to pick up and just move. So I moved to this house. 
in the woods. It's a tiny house. It's like 600 square feet, but it has a loft bed. So it's like much smaller than 600 square feet. But because yeah. of the bed, it's like, oh yeah, it's, it's much broomier. Um, but it's like, it's almost on like stilts, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like a little porch area and steps you have to go up and it's on property that this guy owns and his house is off to the other side, but it's almost completely surrounded by trees. So from inside my house, I could only see his house if I was standing on my porch, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel very isolated. Um, and I have neighbors around me, but you can only really see them at night when their lights are on because there's so many trees. And for whatever reason, now, mind you, I never really had nightmares as a child. Occasionally I'd have a nightmare, but it wasn't a recurring thing. I didn't have, you know, sleep paralysis. I didn't have issues with sleep. Never an issue. Yeah. I moved there and it was small. So I didn't want to hang curtains because curtains made it feel even smaller because there was windows everywhere. Mm -hmm. Oregon is a very dark state. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we get a lot of rain. It's often very gray. So he had like skylight. There was a skylight in the kitchen There was windows almost all the way around the house so that you got light in, and I only had a curtain hanging in my bathroom. Mm -hmm. Because you wanted the light, and the curtains made it feel really small, so I just left them open. At night, that's terrifying, because you can't see anything outside, but it can all see you, right? And so I used to go to bed early. Mm -hmm. I used to try to talk myself down. I would, like, turn my porch light occasionally on so that I could see what was immediately around me. My front door was a glass door, Mm -hmm. so it always freaked me out that if someone came knocking on my door, I would be able to see see their hand knocking, and that's it, and then not see anything until I opened it or turned the light on. Yeah. And so, like, I always tried to keep my brain from, and I'm, you know, single woman living alone also was a concern of mine. It wasn't always just, you know, demons that I think yeah. are going to hurt me. Yeah. But so it was a little scary and I would go to bed early mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. I always had a hard time falling asleep for yeah. whatever reason. Don't know if it was because of starting a new grad program or, you know, there's a million reasons that it could have been happening. Yeah. But I had a recurring dream. While I lived there for a year, I had a recurring dream while I was there that I have not had in the year and a half since I have moved out, and I had never had before. I would wake up, Mm -hmm. be completely unsure of where I was. Like, I would actually wake up. Yeah. Right? And I would, like, freak out. And, like, I say dream, but I wasn't dreaming it. Because this is, like, what was happening in my head as I am consciously awake and my eyes are open. Yeah. Pitch black room, feeling around on my bed, not re- recognizing it's my bed, thinking that I'm laying in the woods. Mm-hmm. And that there are native people watching me. Mm. Like, people living in the woods who are watching me. Not necessarily Native Americans, just people who are living there and I am in their space and I am not supposed to be. And their space happens to be just the woods. And, like, I am going to be attacked by these people because I don't belong there. Yeah. And I would have this dream regularly, wake up, feel around, still be confused, not know what's going on, reach towards a light where I, like, muscle memory knew, click it on, realize I was in my bed, talk myself down, and be able to go back to sleep. But I had this probably, like, once a week for the whole year that I lived there. And I had, like, zero explanation of why. Yeah. And it wasn't like I had seen a movie that was similar. I wasn't reading up on these things. Like, there's a lot of politics about indigenous people, especially in the Pacific Northwest, and then being moved. Wasn't looking into that at that time, you know? It was very, very strange. And since I moved, I have not had that 
Have at you all. asked your landlord about that? Like your old <laughs> landlord? I didn't, but I promise you that there were people that were living in Eugene that got pushed out. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I had that while I was living in the other house. And then in the house that I'm living in now, mm-hmm. it's like Craftsmini, but it's like an apartment complex. So it's like four apartments. From the outside, it looks like a ranch-style house, just really long, but there are four separate apartments. And mine, I have a really big living room. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, a little... <laughs> it's, like, a hallway, but it's really tiny. And it it has, like... There's, like, four doors, right? So the living room, you walk into the hallway. So there's one behind you for the living room. To the left of you is my kitchen. To the right of you is my bathroom. And right in front of you is my bedroom. Mm-hmm. At one point in time... Each one of these had a door because there are marks in the door frame where they have like plastered over where the door would go. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, I remember noticing that when I moved in and I was like, this literally was a tiny, tiny room. Yeah. Of doors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so in that area, I've had a couple of weird dreams since I moved into that house, especially once I got back from my hike. I kept having dreams. They were nightmares (laughs) that I was in the woods where I shouldn't be, you know, sleeping in a cave, sleeping on the side of a mountain, uncovered. Like, I was waking up and having these weird dreams. I know that some people I, like, asked on a Facebook group and some other people had mentioned having kind of strange dreams, but I feel like I'm the only person that's had, like, visceral nightmares. Yeah. yeah. Um, But I typically don't really have stress dreams like that. And... I I don't know which one to start with. So when I go to bed, I usually stay in bed. So occasionally I'll have to get up to go pee. Yeah. And I, I always sleep with my door closed. I open this door into mm-hmm. my hallway. Yeah. And I see a man mm-hmm. sitting on my couch. Because my couch faces away. Yeah. Right? So I'm looking at the back of my couch when I open the door. Mm-hmm. And I see him sitting there. And you know the the very famous painting, I don't remember what the name of it is, where it's a man in a hat, but his face is an apple. The apple is, like, right in front of his face. Oh, yeah. It was like I that. I don't know what it's called either. But... It was like that, but from behind. There that's was no crazy. apple, but, like, that's that's the hat, and he was wearing, like, a gray... Like the, yeah, he was the sitting there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I went pee, and then I, like, came back towards my bedroom... And I just mentally said, sorry, you can't be here. Please leave. And I went into my room and closed the door and jumped in my bed and got under the covers and was like, Gah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. just hoped that he was gone. Um, so that was like my most innocuous story mm-hmm. in that house. And since then, every time I get up to go pee, I have this intense feeling that when I open the door, there's going to be some cloven hooved monster standing right in front of the door. And I have no explanation for this, but I have this intense feeling of it, right? And I don't know what the monster looks like. I just know it's going to have, like, cloven hooves and be standing up and just, like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, very every paranormal movie you see about demons. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's, like, this gut feeling where I'm, like, today's the day. <laughs> and, then I, and then I'm, like, mentally, like, no, Nikki, nothing's going to be there. The and then I open the door and nothing's there and I'm, like, I knew I was right. Um... <laughs> So that has been, like, something that's every time I open the door, right? Mm -hmm. So then my friend Nicholas comes to visit. Mm -hmm. The podcast comes up Mm -hmm. because we shamelessly self-promote. Yeah. And he asks, he's like, you have a podcast? No way, that's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's fun. And then he's like, what's it on? And I'm like, supernatural stuff. And he was like, nope, not (laughs) listening to that. And I was like, why? Yeah. And, you know, because when someone has that kind of reaction, you're like, 
Do you have stories? Yeah. Tell me. I need another episode. (laughs) Literally, I was like, interesting. Do you want to tell me about it? Yeah. And he has had experiences with shadow people. Mm -hmm. He was telling me that he had um, a little girl that would come around, and when he first saw her, he kind of ignored her, but she would come around pretty frequently, and he felt like she was there because she wanted protection. He's like a bigger dude, right? Mm -hmm. And so he's a compassionate guy. He was like, if you're scared, you can always hang out with me. It's fine. Like, you know, you're not freaking me out. If it makes you feel better to be here, that's great. Yeah. But once she started <laughs> hanging out, he calls them characters. Other characters started showing up, and they weren't all good. Mm-hmm. And when they would come, he also had experiences with shadow people. Mm-hmm. So he starts telling me about these experiences with shadow people. Mind you, this is like a work night. I'm exhausted. It was him and two other friends, and we're up till like, 1 in the morning chatting about this. And then they're like, oh, it's 1 in the morning. And we, you know, mm-hmm. my friend and I both have work and they're visiting. So they're like, it's fine. And we're like, no, it's not. Yeah. So we go to go to sleep. And I, of course, they all leave. And I, like, turn off my lights and I go into my bedroom. And I'm like, those fuckers leave at 1 in the morning talking about shadow people. And now I'm supposed to go to bed. Yeah, yeah. And so... I get into my bed and I have that intense feeling about mm-hmm. something being in the house. And I'm like, it's the dude on the couch again. It's the dude on the couch. It's mm-hmm. fine. And then I'm like, it's the creepy demon outside my door. It's the creepy demon outside <laughs> my <time>. door. <laughs> and I was like, no, nothing's there. Don't freak out about it. And at this point, I'm like laying in my bed, all technology off, trying to go to sleep. And yeah. I roll over on my back. Maybe I should just not try to sleep on my back. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah. I roll over on my back. And I have two closets in my bedroom. Yeah. One with slider doors, like Mm -hmm. a a very normal closet. The other one is like a door Mm -hmm. that you open. The door that you open is the closet I record this this podcast in. (laughs) Um, But it's it's less creepy to me because the door is always shut. Yeah. Right? The, The roller doors... Sometimes they stay cracked on the sides, and Mm -hmm. it freaks me out because I read an article once about serial killers that would, like, stay in people's houses for 12 hours watching them all day before they killed them as they went to sleep because they hid in the closet. Oh, okay, cool. So I always check my closet, and, of course, that night I didn't, and I was like, someone came in while we were talking. So I was, like, trying to rationalize myself out of a rational world solution of there's a murderer in your closet, and I, like, couldn't remember if I had closed the closet all the way. Mm -hmm. And so... I, like, lean up to look, and I see this darker than dark... Because my room's pitch black. I have blackout blinds because I like sleep. Yeah, and light makes anyone stay awake. Yes, and I don't want to be watched Mm -hmm. while I sleep, so that's another reason. So it's, like, hand in front of your face can't see it dark. That's how my bedroom is. And I sit up, and in the pitch black bedroom, there is a dark figure standing right by that closet. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, it's not there. You're making it up. You're just, it's superimposed on your eyes. And that's why you think you're seeing it. You're looking for something. And I like keep closing my eyes and looking. And then I just like laid down on my bed and pulled my blankets as high as I could get them. So they were like covering my eyes. And I was like, okay, you can't be here. Yeah. You're not invited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sleep now. Yeah. And I just laid in my bed and did a lot of talking myself down of like, you need to go to sleep and you're relaxed and it's fine. Shadow yeah. people are real. Yeah. And I went to sleep and I haven't seen it since. Okay. But I feel like the two incidences where I had where I felt like, there was a presence or something there. Like, this looming feeling of, like, this creepy thing outside my bedroom door. Yeah. That has not, like, materialized but constantly is, like, a thought. And this guy in my house that I saw sitting on the couch. Like, those two things, I was like, oh, it's one of those. Yeah. And then it was not. Yeah. <laughs> and it freaked me out. And 
like he had mentioned that he only had experiences with shadow people when he let other things interact with him Mm -hmm. and I was like oh no when I told that guy to go maybe I like opened a door for shadow people or like I'd rather have the guy on the couch than the shadow person in the room can I pick one yeah um so that was like a weird thing that I yeah those are my weird things wait you're forgetting one am I yeah what one it's involving me as well Remember? Okay, I'm gonna move this a little bit over here, so I'm gonna be involved in this. What? Um, remember the voice? The voice? In the podcast? Oh, the demon voice? Yeah! But I I never heard it. Okay, so I was editing one of our episodes. I don't remember what episode was it. I feel way more validated about feeling like there's a demon outside of my bedroom now. Oh, my God. So it was like... (laughs) Lorraine Warren, I need your help. (laughs) Yeah. It was like one of our episodes, and I don't remember which one it was, but I was editing it, and I had it really loud. I had my headphones in, and you were talking, and I have listened to your dog several times. I know what your dog sounds like. (laughs) Yeah, like, it's that. But it was like, I was listening, and... um. You couldn't hear it if it would if you didn't have your headphones in, and you couldn't hear it if you don't have it on full blast. So it was it was quiet compared was to quiet. what everything else was. And when you were talking, there was a point where it was just like it seemed like like sort of like a weird creepy voice. And I replayed it several times, and then I text Nikki like. <laughs> Like, There's a demon in your recording. Like, hey, thanks for the recording. It's really nice. Also, uh, what are you doing next week? And, oh, by the way, there's a demon in your house. Like, <laughs> and you're like, what? And I'm like, ah, uh, whatever. And then, you were like, there was a demon in your recording. I was like, what? Where? And you were like, it's in there. Yeah. Like, I couldn't remember which one, and I didn't want to go back and, like, listen to it again. I forgot about that. There are so many cliches about home. It's where the heart is. It's where you make it. It's home sweet home. And that's why home is the scariest place for all of these unexplained things to happen. Home is our safety, our comfort. But our homes are also who we are. Maybe we become so comfortable with these peculiar happenings, coexisting with something else becomes part of that comfort. So listeners, remember, we're not just telling you stories about our homes. We're telling you stories about who we are. Thanks for listening. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and YouTube. We love hearing from you guys. So hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or email us at talesoftwocitiespodcast at gmail.com. That's tales of number two cities podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, we have really cool merch. Head over to tpublic.com and search Tales of Two Cities Podcast. We have shirts, mugs, totes, cell phone cases, stickers, and so much more. Send us pictures of the swag and we'll post our favorites. Check our bios for the link. Until next time.